to our podcast, Untangled by Kitty Winkles. Uh, my name is Jill and I am joined today by the lovely Niall from Sourcedom. Hello, Niall. Hello, Jill. That was some introduction there. It's polished, it, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, you know what? That's the first time I realised what the, the podcast was called. I just realised I was going to be on a podcast with Jill and that was good enough for me. I didn't even need a title. Didn't even need a name. Well, we went with Untangled because... Um, well, we we do all different sorts of podcast topics, so we're just teasing some things out and having a chat about different stuff. Um, we took a we took a break when this pandemic um hit, and to what it's really good just to be back chatting about stuff and chatting to people. It's lovely. I like podcasts. I like organic podcasts that just sort of meander, and people just have a good yarn and they work things out, and you can learn me lessons and we nuggets of inspiration yeah. from. Snap Niall. So if anybody doesn't know who Niall is and who Source Gyms are, could you give us a quick what we need to know? Absolutely. Well, Source Gyms are um, a, we're a small group personal training gym. So what that means is we specialize in small groups of a maximum of eight people uh, and we deliver a, a personal training experience to each of the eight people in that group. Um, I myself, I'm the manager of Cookstown branch. We have a branch in Oma and Cookstown and hopefully down the line, many more to come. And I suppose our mission would be to bring back the professionalism uh, of personal training and the personal experience of personal training. Um, And we're just out there to serve our members as best we can and and help them to get what they need from from their fitness and their health experience. Um, We found that Small group personal training is a really good vehicle for doing that because we get the benefit of the individuality of personal training, but also the camaraderie in the community of a small group setting. Um, and people come out of it. A lot of people think that when they hear small group, they think classes, but it's not a class. It's a it's a personal training experience within a small group. Um, yeah, because I I was I felt that I I that's how I know now. I saw one of his funnels and I thought the funnel was very good it's like um it's an advertising tool and I clicked on it and for now, for now <laughs> I literally gave him the 10 degrees of what kind of gym are you are you going to make me do burpees and um well yeah I probably did come across quite aggressive but it's only because I had this built-in pre-trauma of not having my own boundaries in place for going into the fitness industry before um, yeah. and and I thought oh if there's more than one person it'll feel like a class I'm going to be embarrassed if I can't keep up um, and then I won't want to go but it's not like it's not like that um, no, no. when I went and there were other people there I still had the same I still had the same experience whether there was six there or just me yeah you're not in competition with everybody else there and there's a lovely energy around that where it feels like a team but nobody's competing absolutely and i suppose for me on on our side of it whenever like i i would have done the sales calls as well for it uh, whenever someone is interested i would have been the one following up and just getting a chat and we, we're not pushy when it comes to people putting their hand up and saying look i'm interested in what you do it really is just a conversation to see if it's a good fit to see if we are the right place for you because Different people like different things. Now, we can individualize your session, make it whatever you need it to be. But at the same time, we are trying to strive for something that isn't 
as you say, it's not competitive. It's not crazy. Like there, we do have members who like to go that bit harder, and we do have members who like to go that bit slower. And the the joys of a personal training session within a small group is we can tailor for everybody. We can have an athlete beside a complete beginner, and yeah. they don't feel there's any need to keep up with each other. And no, whenever I was talking, whenever I was talking yeah. to you, um, I I was I was whenever I'm talking to anybody, and but especially you. All I want to do is get you in the door so you can test it out. Like, all I want someone to do is, look, I know you've had bad experiences in the past. Everybody has. Unfortunately, the fitness industry isn't doing itself a lot of justice out there a lot of the time. So my job is just to try and break down that barrier and say, look, there is no obligation to do anything. We will not make you do anything. Come in, try it out. If it's not for you, we will sadly part ways, but we will not try and grudgingly hold you against your will. And it's just about getting in and, and trying something to see if it's for you. And if it is, we'd love to keep helping you. If it's not, we'll try and suggest something that's more yeah. fitting for you. And but, do you uh, think the fitness industry as a whole is is moving towards this more inclusive environment? You know, there's a lot of phrases that everybody pops around about, you know, the, the diet culture and the toxic fitness industry and and this kind of um it's really it's the it's only industry that can sell itself as a punishment and people seem willing to buy it. Um, yeah. But I think that's down to the self-esteem of the customers, that if they had self-esteem, they would be able to buy it on, on the terms that it's enjoyable and good for you and you feel accomplished. Well, I, think it's, I think it's if you have low self-esteem, you think you're, you're not worthy of that and yeah. you have to go down the punishment route. But that's a different, um, that's a different stand. But do, I, I see more things coming through on social media and I see more bro type gyms using more up-to-date and gentler language. Do you think there's a shift in the industry? I think the industry as a whole would be um, would be naive to not notice that people are waking up. People are realizing that I'm a fully grown adult. I don't need another adult standing in the room shouting at me to make me do things. I need to find a place where I feel like I am seen and I'm heard and my my preferences are taken into consideration. I still want results at the end of the day, but there are more than one there's more than one way to skin a cat. That's a terrible <laughs> metaphor, but or or uh, the use of a, a, a phrase, but everybody reacts differently to different stimulus. So whereas the science probably never changes or it gets updated here and there from nutrition to training modalities. But the way someone is motivated to continue and, and be consistent with their training, that's the, the secret sauce. And everybody will react differently to different types of motivation and, and intrinsic and extrinsic and, and even just different um, phraseology and, and different um, conversational methods. Like So, yes, go for it. Now, my daughter's passport's at the front door. Give me one second <laughs> because they have to get you the site. Sorry about that, Niall. So, yes, what we were saying... The industry, and I think there is a change. I think um, it has to, it has to yeah, be because it can't it can't be one size fits all. Because here's the here's the difference for me. Most people enter the diet culture because they want to change their body. Okay, yeah. and um, and I think there's there's two differences. There's the people that have put on a little bit weight over lockdown or um they've had a baby and they've put on a little bit of weight but those people normally do not struggle with their relationship between their body size and their mental health 
okay, they're just, um, they need to readjust something. And then are the, there are the people who are impacted um, by uh, obesity and how that has influenced their whole life. They're always on a scale of back and forward, back and forward, back and forward. And I think what the fitness industry um, isn't quite good enough at the minute is recognizing the difference between the two. Because yeah. saying to someone who has um, managed obesity for their entire life, that it is as simple as you need to eat less and move more. That's not actually medically correct for someone who has struggled with obesity their whole life because their systems work differently. And the research that's coming out now through um, some of the trials that they're doing with hormone replacement to support um, people who are managing obesity, it's a lot more to do with hormonal balances and a part of your brain and the vagus nerve that that is so driven to make you eat that thing or connect to the sugary thing. And someone who is naturally slim that hasn't managed obesity, they, they don't know what that drive is like. To always be thinking of food and um, to have food, have such control over your life. It's very, um, it's very disheartening then when you hear, oh, it's very simple for us. You just eat less and move more. Why have you not been doing that? Yeah, and, yeah. and I, I think if they could, if the fitness center even just had a curiosity of what it would be like if you saw someone who wants to make an, a change and an impact and tweak their body size, and then you, and then you dealt with someone who was managing obesity, because that's that's a lifelong thing. If you've if you've moved in and out of the cycle of obesity, that's not something you cure yourself with. It's something you manage long term. Yeah. And, and it does need a slightly different language, I think. Uh, but I don't, I don't see much evidence of that on social media. I think, what, uh, I think what the fitness industry and maybe every industry is very, very good at is the, the spotlight can all, all often be shown on the loudest voice, which not, isn't always the smartest voice in the room, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So you'll have a lot of people on Instagram and TikTok and these various social media platforms that are, um, they are the face of the industry, but they're not the brains of the industry, if you get me. So those guys aren't, um, they're not espousing the latest scientific uh, research. Not, they may not even be espousing any scientific research. They may just be doing what they know the market wants. And unfortunately, yes. unfortunately, the market and the people themselves do have to take some responsibility because if there wasn't a market for some of the things out there, then it wouldn't make any money. But Niall, I think it's people don't know. I mean, how we talk about and the language we use and how we communicate about our bodies and food and movement is, has, you know, Last reaching consequences, especially when there's little ears around us. Absolutely. But we, but we don't even know when we're saying and reinforcing toxic beliefs. So what we'll do is women, especially, I don't know, maybe men say this as well, but um, I've heard women and they say, oh, I can't have that. Oh, I'm not allowed to eat that. Oh, no, I'll, you eat it. And I'll still sit here and look <laughs> and you eat it. And I'm exactly. not allowed. I'm being good. And being good, and it's all um, it's all around punishment and and doing and having less and good versus bad. 
Yeah. Well, like and it's diminishing everything and, and trying to fade away into the background so that you don't exist. You're not seen and you're, you disappeared so that it isn't such a big deal anymore. And I think a lot of it comes down to the language and then the language that's used on both sides of the, the coaching uh, spectrum, where the, whether you're a client or a trainer, but then also it's, it comes down to ultimately behavioral change psychology, which is, which is the secret sauce. And if you're talking about some changing someone's behaviors, rather than just changing a tactic, then it's two very, very different things. There's, there are, there are strategies and then there are tactics. Tactics is something you can say, right, I'm going on a holiday in eight weeks. I want to use this tactic to try and elicit a bit more uh, of a body fat reduction so that I just feel that wee boost going out in my swimsuit. Yeah. And that's fine. And that's okay. And there's no judgment for anybody because no. everybody's body is their own to make their own decisions with. Mm -hmm. But then there are strategies that you can implement to make sure that your body composition is something that you're happy with at all times of the year. When they talk about your, your um, what is it? Your ideal, your ideal weight, which is not what the graph says, but it's what you can feel that you live your happiest, healthiest life that you can. And that might be um, a size 20 for someone who's now a size 38. And that might be a size eight for someone who has always been a, a size 60. That might be how they yeah. feel their best, um, able to live their happiest and healthiest life. But it doesn't, it doesn't have to be someone dictating, oh, you actually have another seven pounds to lose in order no, to get to the ideal weight. And there are, there are a lot of numbers that get thrown around when it comes to body composition and weight. There's BMI, there are calorie uh, goals. Like I think, I don't know who told every woman in the north of Ireland that they should be eating 1,200 calories, but everybody seems to think that you should be eating 1,200 calories. It's the one number that keeps popping up no matter what yeah. size, shape, age, or activity level. A lot of people come in that door thinking, I need to be eating 1,200 calories. And I have no idea where that came from. But that's, it's, not, it's, that's not enough calories, is it? For some people, it will. For some people, it won't. Like, and that's the thing. No, for that's me, why, no. <laughs> That's a night out. That's yeah. a night out. That's, that's just the weeks. But this is it. Like, this is why personal training needs to have that word reinstalled at the forefront. It's just personal. And that's yeah. not just... The personal doesn't just talk about the training or the nutrition it talks to the way that you treat the person in front of you. So we have a motto in here and source, coach the person in front of you. You're mm -hmm. not just given generic guidelines. You're not just given generic exercises. You're coaching the person in front of you. You're using the knowledge that you've gained through the communication, the welcome session that we've had, the interaction that you've had in the past. Mm -hmm. We have all of that information um, on our banks and we can use that to, to create a training experience that is tailored to meet your needs uh, whether that's physically, nutritionally, or even emotionally, the way you just like to talk about things will alter everything to suit your experience. And Dev, I, my experience of that was that um, I felt you had to shift right outside your norm because my goals were not related to numbers whatsoever. My goals were yeah. around finding joy and movement so that I would want to move every day. Absolutely. And, and, <laughs> and I know I had you know, I didn't want to get wet. I didn't want to have any numbers. I didn't want to talk about any of that. And that's a perfect example of how you created a personal response to my goal, because I know my goal isn't the normal one. I mean, I think it should be more people out there should just want to move for the joy of movement. 
but um, I couldn't have had that goal two years ago because two years ago I was still in the mindset and my self-esteem would have still been movements of punishment because I've been bad with my diet. So I yeah. couldn't have had that goal back then. But um, now I, I don't think I deserve to be punished. I think I deserve to have uh, joy and pleasure in life and to, to like the things that I do. But that mindset has meant that a complete non-exerciser is voluntarily moving every day. And not because I have to, or not because I want to earn calories to eat, or not because I feel I was bad and must be punished, because I enjoy it. That's that's yeah, yeah. massive. But that was allowed, I was allowed to work out how I fit it into that because you created the space for the personal response to my goal. You could have just said, well, that doesn't really fit our paradigms here. I don't know where to put that tick box. But yeah, you yeah. didn't. And that's where, that's where maybe the fitness industry may be letting itself down a wee bit in that there is, it's sort of, there is a, there is a mindset of it's my way or the highway. And I'm, you're coming, you're signing up to my product or my gym, and this is the way we do things. So either uh, ship up or ship out. And I think that's a, a shame. Like we, as a business, we, we're here to help people. We're a service business. We're in the service industry. So we serve our members. We, everything that we do is designed to give our members the best experience possible so that when they leave here and if they ever try another gym, they're just going to be thinking, well, what, what am I doing? That that's not, nothing like what we do at Source. And that's, we're not competing with anybody. We're just trying to give our members the best experience possible. And that all comes down to an individually tailored experience. And mm -hmm. we, we have to give people the room and the space to get whatever they need from this um one of the things we always uh, or one of the things I, I would always say to people is when we, when we talk about the way people see themselves and the way that the punishment that cycle of i've been bad i'll be punished oh but then i'll treat myself and then i'll punish myself and it gets this vicious cycle but the way i would and it takes a lot of self-awareness to get to a point of where you can look at things like this here but that's okay we don't push people along that journey we give them the space to get along that journey on their own and their own mm -hmm. speed. And we just provide a space where it's, it's possible to get that uh, progress. But if you, if you feed yourself the way you would like your children to eat, and if you train or exercise the way you would like your parents to look after themselves, so you have them around for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then if you speak to yourself the way you speak to your best friend, I think you'll be all right at the end of all yeah. that. But we, and all, that. And all, at the back of all of that is you have to like yourself as much as you like. And absolutely and absolutely but this is the thing if if you can't get there straight away like you came you came to us having done a fair bit of work already mm -hmm. to get yourself to stage but if you can't get yourself to there and if you're on your journey well then it's a good place to start if you just start yeah, feeding yeah. yourself the way your kids you want your kids to eat just start exercising the way you'd like your parents so that you can have them around for years yeah. to come and then just transfer the them. positivity if it at least yeah. gets you started yeah a hundred percent and um, and do you, what I'm thinking of is I'm always very aware that I that I don't talk negatively about myself or my you know the work I've been doing to be healthier in the last two years, which started as a response to um, stress attack. Well, they actually thought I'd had a mini stroke, but it was just 
it was just a stress response because um work was crazy with the pandemic yeah. and and but going and getting that mri scan to rule out stroke was like i i need to take action on my stress levels here so that's where i've been working and slowly moving back to um more physical elements yeah when i'm aware of the language i use and how i talk about it because of the little ears that's around so i try not to say things like I can't have that or I shouldn't have that. I try to think in along the lines of intuitive eating. So like you were saying before, you wouldn't say to your child, well, not many people say to their child, you can never have sugar or you can never have cake. Yeah, but yeah. you know that a little bit is enough. Yeah, and it, yeah. should be this, it should be for this same for me. If I actually listen to my body, I don't feel good if I eat a lot of sugar. But yeah, I, yeah. at some point, I stopped listening to how my body responded to sugar and used it as a stress mechanism. So I, I used to have this, well, I, I still say it sometimes to my husband, um, Mars bars are my whiskey. So you know the way in, in American movies, they come into these amazing, apart, amazing apartments and they, they pour themselves a whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I just, you know, had a Mars bar, had sugar or something like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had a work, that out of my system and then actually say that didn't make me feel any better it's the same way when i used to smoke you would have had a cigarette if you were stressed but actually the cigarette didn't make you feel any better it made you feel worse because of the chemicals that were in it um but taking that time to really listen to your body's response makes it easier for me to say no i'm not having the cake because i won't i don't feel like it i won't feel good after i eat it I feel like having something healthier. And that sounds very different to little ears than the alternative, which used to be, no, I'm being good. I'm not going to eat that. Uh, yeah. And, and what like that, other that, things that could whole, you switch out so that it sounds better? To well, that, that, that whole conversation speaks to me because I have three children and they're all, well, Rose was six yesterday. Happy birthday, Rose, if you're Happy listening. It's highly <laughs> unlikely, but we'll get, you, we'll get it downloaded for you and we'll play it for you. But um, she'll love hearing her name on the on the iPhone, on the phone or something. But um, one of the things that we say, like that whole thing that you're talking about too, it's a habit loop. Okay, mm -hmm. you have a stress response or a trigger. Sorry, a stress trigger. You have a, a, a sugar high response, and then you have the feedback loop of oh, I feel better having had that. But ultimately, you'll not feel better because you'll you'll crash after the sugar high. You'll mm -hmm. you'll feel guilty. You'll start beating yourself up. All of those things, and then that's a loop, and that just keeps perpetuating itself. Um, we look, we try to break those down and we don't go to the action, the response, the middle part, which is the margin. We don't look at that first. We look at the trigger first. And we look at, well, what, what happens when I'm triggered? What, what are the things that tend to trigger me stressful moments? What are other things I like to do to de-stress that don't involve foods that are problematic for me? And then what are other things that, or, or what are other foods that I can have around at the house that aren't trigger foods? So if Mars bars are a trigger food for you, or if you, know that you get going that's it like you're you're in there you're in you're in the deep end well then you could have some other foods that aren't trigger foods like my trigger food is cake and buns i and i love cake and buns they're not a trigger food i have no problem with cake and buns i have problems stopping eating cake and buns <laughs> i'll keep making tea until the cake's gone but i just make my environment my work my home environment very easy to live in and i just don't have keep cake in the house and it's very easy for me to navigate my house without mm -hmm. cake in the house if there's a cake in the house i'm sort of always sitting there thinking 
is it has enough time gone by for me to make another cup of tea? Um, but something we say to our kids and the language we use is, well, we don't we don't eat those things all the time. Like we just we like we don't. It's not that we can't. Sometimes, sometimes food. Yeah. Aye. And right. like, and we explain why we don't leave it open as to oh, okay, there's a mystery because in this food is up on a pedestal, and it's like, oh, I want to get that as quickly as it can. So there must be something awesome about this. Yeah. And, and like, here's the thing, right? Those foods are really nice. They're they're hyper palatable, but they're also hyper calorific, and a lot of them have a lot of sugar, and a lot of them have a lot of stuff in them um, that you just don't really want a lot of in your body. But again, the the detail is in the dose, okay? Or the devil is in the dose. So having some of those things some of the times is fine but putting them on a pedestal and saying i can't have that well what's the first thing you think whenever somebody says no you can't have that you say you want to bet i'm gonna i'm gonna have that and i will have it i'll have it sometime and it's always in the back of your head but you you say to yourself look i'm i'm i just don't eat those things all the time uh i eat them sometimes and i i I maybe plan accordingly um something i use or we use with our members is look if you're if you want to have a if you want to go out and have a cup of coffee in a caramel square Go out and meet a friend and do that. Don't sit on your own in the house and, and have that there and hide away and, and be feel like it's a shameful act. Go out and make it a, a nice wee social event. Have a catch-up, have a cup of coffee in your caramel square. Enjoy yeah. it and move on. That's it. It's done. And because... also be, be aware if if you've had two pieces of it or half of it and that, and that feels like it's satiated, you don't have to have the second half. That, that sounds Absolutely. so simple, but that was a news flash to me. I, didn't, I, know. Have to, I didn't have to finish it. I could just take a forkful of cake or um, a, a piece of a tray bake and that be enough. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I didn't and, have to say I couldn't have it. Yeah. And one of the things that we, we see often in here when we're talking about nutrition and, um, and the monthly reviews that the members get um, is this feeling of having to finish everything on your plate because of the the things that we were talked or told about yeah. growing up you can't be you can't be wasting food or there's people out there less fortunate than you and again if you're sitting down to a plate full of food and there's too much there then the problem has already happened it's not yeah. the fact that you're about to eat it and you're going to eat it or you're going to leave food it's a pra- the practice of not uh, not having the right portions in front of you in the first place not knowing not listening to your your body's cues exactly and this yeah. is what now I'm going to blow my own trumpet here. This is something Kitty Winkles is very, very good at. We have completely redesigned our meal times yes. in order to teach children healthy um, habits and relationships with foods. So we do small um, groups when they're having their meals, so it's a very sociable event. But and we set it up like a little restaurant. So there's flowers on the table. There's placemats. Right from our babies, we use proper plates, proper glasses, proper cutlery. And we serve it at the table. And the emphasis for the whole mealtime is not one spoonful that isn't joyful. Okay. So let's say it's um, pork slices with applesauce and mashed potatoes. Let's say that's what's for dinner. Yeah. And I would say, now, would you like some mashed potatoes? And you're allowed to say yes or no. And if you say no, I don't say another word because I'm going to trust that you know what your body wants. And then it might come to the applesauce and you say, yeah, so I give you a little bit of applesauce. And then I'll ask you, would you like some pork slices? And you'll say yes. So you might only have pork slices and applesauce. Someone else might only have mashed potatoes. Someone else might have all three things. But we teach them to listen to their own body, to know what they want. And we respect that. 
So sometimes they just test us and they go, no, I'm not having it. But then when, I, when I'm offering seconds, they go, oh yeah, I'll have that. <laughs> right? Because yeah. they, they're just taking, do you, are you really going to listen? And then once they finish, that's it. There's no one more wee mouthful now. Come on, let's scrape this up here and you can put this in. And it's the same for our babies. If we, we feed them on our knees and we don't use high chairs so that there's a connection to them. Yeah. And um, if they turn their head when the spoon comes, we put everything down and we put it away. So right from infant, we are teaching them to listen to their body. But more importantly, we are teaching them that it is worthy of respect that if they say they're full, how do I know? How do I know what size your wee tiny stomach is? It's full or yeah. not. You're telling me it's full. Sweetheart, it's full. And all. I'm yes. not going to push one more wee bit in the side. <laughs> I, there was never a child made or broke over one spoonful of dinner. You can no. relax and let it go. Don't worry about Here's it. Here's what it took me a while to get my head around when I first became a parent is that, and it, not that it took it took a while to get my head around, but it took a while for it to dawn on me is that your child might not just be hungry at the same time you're hungry. <laughs> and that's like, as soon as you realize it, you're like, what the hell? I'm just trying to give her dinner when she mightn't want dinner. Yeah. And it's okay. Like, that's okay. You can't force feed a child if they're not hungry. And the same breath, they might be hungry when you aren't eating the dinner. Yeah. You may, it, it, it's, it is intuitive eating. And it's, you know what? Whenever we talk about intuitive eating, it's important that I, I say that intuitive eating for most people who are past, not past a certain age, but for most people in this country, intuitive eating is actually a fairly high level skill. It's not something that I would recommend to someone starting out on their journey, because if you listen to your intuition starting out, it's not telling you the things. You won't that, be able to tune out cravings. You no. have to be able to tune out the cravings to do your intuitive eating. Yeah. Well, intuitive eating, the first place we would start with intuitive eating is to slow down when you're eating. That's the first thing you need to do. If you aren't slowing down and paying attention to how you feel during mealtimes and listening to your body as is, as in when it, a lot of people say full, but I would say satisfied. Am I satisfied with the amount that yeah, I eat? Yeah. As in the, the presence of hunger is no longer there. And that's the first place to start with intuitive eating for us. Um, it's not, um, it's not, we're not going to throw you in and say, we're just listening to your body because mm -hmm. your body is going to lie to you because it has been fed on a lot of things that yeah. are real. Yeah. Not, there's a lot of artificial foods out there that don't elicit a, a, a normal response. Uh, when you, and especially when you go down the processed food, that is my passport now. Passport number two. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen the bit of this? Just leaving in the middle of a podcast. What's that about me? I was very tempted to shout something very inappropriate at the post. Let me out of the closet. That would be hilarious. Do you know what? There was one time um, I did have to get rescued by a delivery guy. Uh, I had went, he had phoned because my house is hard to find, and he had phoned and said, Warrior. And I goes, Oh, Queen Colour House Stone Garage, it's on your right. Da, 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 da. And then I went to leave the bedroom because I picked the phone up upstairs. And I had cream on my hand, and the knob came off the bedroom door on my side. And I had to ring him back and ask him to come in. Can you come in to my can you come upstairs and get me out of my bedroom? <laughs> 
Lady it sounded like such a creepy movie. And the Lady Abba <laughs> No, he was this young fella, and he was so sweet. This young fella, and he came up and he opened the door. I was mortified. I was mortified. But um, there we go. That was the one time I almost, almost, <laughs> yeah, got into adult movies. <laughs> Oh, um, where did we get to before my passport? So we're basically just discussing intuitive eating. But oh, intuitive I, eating, it is, yeah. It is important that people realize that, yes, intuitive eating is where we want everybody to end up. We don't want people counting hard. calories the rest of their life. We don't want people um, bouncing numbers around the rest of their life. And I don't, I don't think that calorie counting is a bad idea. To, get some, to gain some awareness of where your calories are coming from, absolutely. But it's not a, it's a, that's a tactic. It's not a strategy. Mm -hmm. For long-term health and well-being, we're looking at having an awareness of where your calories are from, where some of foods are maybe that are causing you trouble. Because um, not every calorie is equal. Well, this is it. Like um, if I have um, a certain number of calories of high protein foods as opposed to high carbohydrate foods, my body will react very differently to those mm -hmm. foods. My body will break them down differently. My body will use them differently. And then processed foods is a whole other ballgame. But this is the thing. Somebody thinks that, all right, I, well, here's the other thing as well. Like you think, right, I know how many calories I need to eat. Brilliant. Where you go. So now you know how many calories, you know, does that change anything? If you are trying to lose weight, you probably knew you had to eat less calories. That's probably not a surprise that you probably knew you had to do that already. You probably had knew that the number of calories I'm taking into my body are in excess. Okay. So yes. I know that I, I know that I have to do something. I either have to control the quality or the quantity of the food of I, that I'm taking in in order to bring about a lower calorie yield in total. Now, just because you know, now know that number, nothing else has changed. You now know a number that you have to arbitrarily try and hit. But here's the other thing about calorie counting. It isn't an exact science. The food labels that we have out there aren't always exactly what's in that package. When you burn calories, you burn calories at different rates. There are different things that affect your calorie output. There are different things that affect the way you burn calories and, and when you ingest them. So it is something that people will have to work with. But if you if you accept the fact that everything you do with your health and your fitness and your well-being, it's an experiment at the end of the day because you're not going to stop. You can't stop until no. the day you check out. You're always experimenting with things. So give yourself some room to try and feel and go again and then try again and, and, and see what go. you're comfortable with see what is that you're able to do long term that gives you the happiest healthiest life you Bingo. can have all of the time not just for these few weeks of the yeah year. absolutely like because you might get to what you perceive as your ideal weight and you might look absolutely fantastic on instagram and your bikini running about the maldives but you might be absolutely miserable trying to maintain that body yeah. And you might be looking, you might be looking at the food and thinking, in your head, I can't eat that if I want to look the way I look. Whereas mm -hmm. if you really readdress your uh, your uh, relationship with food, your relationship with your body, you might be able to put on an extra stone and still be perfectly happy, perfectly happy with the way you look, and perfectly happy and able to eat the foods that you want to eat. And it's a crying shame that so many people out there think that health and fitness is some kind of a punishment when it's actually a gift. It's a best it gift for yourself. Yeah, I think uh, so. We always, uh, like something I would have always said for years, and I probably have lamented it too much now that it's lost its point, but we, we buy the fanciest phone, we buy lovely cars, we buy laptops and we buy nice houses and we insure them and we look after them. We make sure that nothing, they, they come to no harm. The most unique piece of kit that you're ever going to own is your body. You'll, there'll never be another one. You're one of a kind. 
Mm-hmm. And if you don't take some time to look after it, it will sub- or succumb to wear and tear and abuse. And at the end of the day, if you're not looking after your body, it's a fine line between abuse and looking after it. And if you're not seeing yourself as worth putting the effort into, then that's the first step. You have to know that you are perfect the way you are. You're perfect. But it's also okay to want to maintain and improve things about your health. Yeah, your or, or to, to aspire to a different type of life that's easier to do if you are a different size or have you know health goals. Absolutely. But to not think, to not put your life on hold and think, I can't wear that until I'm yeah. thin. I can't do this until I'm thin. I can't yeah. do that until I'm thin. You are here for such a blink of an eye. You walk this planet for a very, very short time. And as there are things that happen in life that are sad, that we have to go through. We will all lose a parent. We will all lose a friend. We will all lose a sibling at some point if we have them. We don't need to add any other sadness and trauma in there um, because it'll come naturally without us looking for it. And, And I think when we're here for such a short time, why not try and seek out joyful, um, this makes me sound like a hippie, doesn't it? But I'm so into that and joyful moments. <laughs> Even, and like, if my joyful moment comes from wearing feathery gowns or walking to the goats. My or, too. You know, <laughs> I know you have a big feather ball collection. I know. <laughs> but if, that, if you can find joy in those tiny things, that's what we want to magnify out, I think. And, and yeah. bring that into fitness industry. That, I think that's gold waiting to be mined. I think uh, one of the things whenever all is said and done and I've retired from this, and I, I, I always, Joe, people always said, like, well, what are you going to do long term? Because you can't be a personal trainer your whole life. And I think, you know, why not? Like, I, 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 I'd, love to, I'd love to be still on the floor when I'm Dutri and Oil and, 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 and people are having to count the reps for me when I'm training well, them. Like, I love But here's the thing, right? Um, there's never going to be, there's never going to be a moment where, you're not going to need to look after yourself like and and long term it, it's it's an investment in yourself it's an investment in yourself and and it's the it's the one that'll reap the biggest reward because of the things that it'll allow you to do outside of the gym we don't train anybody in here to lift heavier weights for the sake of lifting heavier weights we train you to do as much as you can in here safely and physically uh, soundly so that when you go outside of these doors um, you can participate in your life at a higher rate, at a higher ratio yeah. of, of saying yes to things rather than saying no to things. Yeah. The thing that I will remember, so I, I went a roundabout way of getting to this point, but whenever I'm Dutri and old, the one thing that I remember was a message that came in from a, one of our members who said that she messaged just out of the blue on a random weekend to me privately saying that she'd just been to the Gorch and Glens with her son mountain biking. And this is... This, this is just one of the many messes that we get, but this is the one that sticks out for me as to saying, this is why we do this. This is why the fitness industry should, this is what we should be striving for, but often we're going the wrong direction. She was able to say that she went mountain biking after being at many, many gyms before and basically been told that she was broken and that she, well, she probably wouldn't be able to get too far on anything. We took her in and we did what we could with her and we did as much as she wanted to. And she got fitter and stronger and stronger was the word that I use because yeah. any everybody should aim to get stronger because there's no weakness in being stronger. 
you just get a bit stronger and everything just gets a wee bit easier. Even just yeah. the shop gets easier. She messaged me and she said she was in tears in the Gorton Glen because her son turned around to her and said, Mommy, I don't know another boy in my class whose mum goes mountain biking with them. I'm so happy that you're able to do that. Oh, and that, that's making that, me cry. <laughs> that made her, that made, I was going to say it made her day, it made her whole month, it made her a year yeah. because she went from being told that she was broken and unable to squat properly and all this type of nonsense to being able to go out and enjoy her relationship with her son. And that's yeah. what it's all about. For us, that's what it's all about. My son, I'm sorry, Jill. It did make me cry. No, good for her. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I have three kids, okay? And I just trained before with this podcast. And I was kind of running a wee bit later. I like they usually like to be on a bit, a bit earlier on these things so to make sure that I'm, I'm not on, I'm not, I'm on the right Zoom. But I was showering and I was like, coming in. I said, like, no, I probably shouldn't have trained there. I didn't leave myself enough time to get set up here. But then I remember, no, I like training because I like the way I feel when I feel stronger and fitter. And I can horse around with the kids. I can wrestle with the kids. Anytime they want me to wrestle, I'm down and I'm wrestling. Mm -hmm. And I can do that because my body is able to do that. And that's one of the biggest things that we always say is it's not about what you do in the gym. It's what you do in the gym allows you to do outside of the gym. Yeah, and And it's allowing you to be the type of dad that you want to be. That's what I value. I value quality time with my kids and one of the ways that I can make sure that I can make the most of the quality time that I have with my kids is to be physically able to do anything they want me to do. If they want to go walking up a mountain, I'm going to go. If they want me to climb a tree yeah. just to get a laugh at me, I'm climbing that tree. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I'm not, I'm, I won't let my body let me down in that way because I'm going to look after this thing because I've only got one. I'm not getting another one. And maybe you can go to Turkey and get a new, I don't know. Now you can get everything new well, in Turkey. You can get bits in Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> you can get bits out at all. <laughs> But um, I want to look after this thing because it gives me so much joy to see the face on my kid or the look on my kid's face when I'm acting an absolute hellion. Mm. And that's for me, that's what it's all about. And everybody will have their own way. It'll be, it, it, and for some people it will because they want to look better and that's fine. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Just treat yourself with a wee bit of dignity and, and the respect you deserve. And, and be gentle. Everybody. Be gentle with yourself. Because yeah. the world... The word is harsh enough on you. It, it, God, it is. It really is. Niall, I really enjoyed that. That was really great. And um, people can find you on Instagram. On yes, Source if you search Source Gyms on Instagram or Facebook, you'll get us there. You can go to sourcegyms.com um, and you can check out there. If anybody wants to come in and, and test drive what we do, we'd love to have you. There's no obligation to do anything. Come in, try the trial if you like it. Uh, you can even give Jill a wee shout and she'll send you our way. I will. <laughs> yeah, send us a message and let us know and I'll get you hooked up with one of those um, trials. And I would definitely say, if you think you're not a gym person, try now, because I didn't think I was a gym person. And say that a bit louder. I actually love it. I didn't think I was going to say that about going to the gym. But no, I genuinely, um, I, I skip in. And I skip out. Well, you skip four on the way out now. Well, yeah. (laughs) After a wall set or two. (laughs) Still a skip. Okay, thank you so much, Niall, for coming on. Not a problem. It's my pleasure. And you you hit the nail on the head there with what you said. Like, we do, we use this in some of our marketing materials too, but it's no secret that we are the gym for people who don't like gyms. And it's because we approach things differently that we can get results with people who think that they don't, that they never belonged in a gym. Uh, or they were never good at sports, or they were never good with fitness. There's a place for you, and it's called Source. Source Gym. <laughs> that you. was that was smooth there. That was <laughs> lovely. Okay, everybody, I'll see you next time.